0: Alright, welcome to another episode of White Collar Crimes, where we show you the only color that truly matters in our criminal justice system is green. I'm Ryan Horn, your host. Thrilled to have you aboard on the first episode of 2022. I trust you all had a good Christmas, New Year, all that stuff. Hope it all went very well, and I hope you all have a very healthy and prosperous 2022. Speaking of time and years, going to go back and live a moment from really my high school years here. Um, some of you may remember the that are old enough to remember the Exxon Valdez oil spill. This was at the time the worst oil spill slash pollution incident in American history. It occurred on March 24th, 1989, and was only just in the last few years topped by the Deadwater incident. Uh, there's a movie on that starring Mark Wahlberg. Good story and good account of uh, what happened there, and we will be doing a episode on that down the road here very soon. But the Exxon tanker, the Exxon Valdez, on March 24th, 1989, crashed into a reef in the Prince William Sound in Alaska. Eleven million gallons of oil ended up getting spilled into the sea, and Caused a lot of harm to the wildlife and, of course, the nearby residents. Always wanted to visit Alaska. Uh, Had my Aunt Sue, I know, lived there for a number of years. Never got a chance to visit. Um, Wife isn't really very fond of cold weather, so I don't know if she would like it too much. But I've always wanted to visit it. Hopefully one day I will get a chance. Preferably, probably it'd be easier to go in the warmer months that they have there. But nonetheless, something I would like to see. But... Again, it caused some damage to the uh, wildlife, to the residents. And it was later revealed that Exxon was aware the ship captain had a drinking problem. Not really a good problem to have when you're going to be steering, you know, 11 million gallons of oil out into the sea. And the crew had been reduced by quite a large number and were fatigued and overworked problem we're probably seeing now in a lot of industries uh, in the situation that we're in right now. But that was what was going on with this case, and fatigue was later shown in an investigation to be a huge factor leading to this accident. It was also later shown that Exxon failed to maintain the Raytheon collision avoidance system radar, which apparently, and I don't know really anything about Radars, uh, you know, other than speed radars, I've dealt with those a little bit in my time in the criminal justice system, jobs that I've had, not a whole lot, but I'm at least familiar a little bit with them, but not really familiar with this type of radar, but it was reported that it could have detected this reef and possibly prevented this whole accident and catastrophe. This radar would have kept the ship on course. And it was also later revealed that the radar had been that they did have on this ship had been broken for about a year. And the cost, as we know, any type of repairs like that, they're always costly and Exxon apparently refused to fix it, Re- repairs were expensive. Not the first time on this show we've talked about similar incidents like this. We remember the Ford Pinto scandal where Ford could have easily, for about $11 a pop, fixed a problem with their gas tank underneath the bumper there that exploded upon a light collision, but they figured it'd be cheaper just to have people die, and they uh, went ahead and just kept the faulty product out there, and it, of course, cost a lot of people their lives, and many more were injured. And that was probably pretty much similar to this case here. Uh, the repairs were said to be expensive, and rather than make them, uh, Exxon just you know went around it. Well, a lot of us will remember the image of the spill. I certainly remember, because again, this is 1989. I'm in high school then, and I think I was a junior probably, if I recall correctly, when this happened. And back then, you know, we had uh, ABC, NBC, CBS, and the newspaper. It was really about the only place you could get information back then. And, of course, we saw tons of footage all the time of the oil spills, the harm that it did to wildlife, and, you know, just the awful mess that it was and you knew back then even it was going to take an ungodly amount of time and effort to get that cleaned up and you know it stuck with us again even in the newspapers you know that's back when people actually read newspapers lots of pictures you know everybody was horrified by what we saw and you know it's just a a memory you don't forget well it was massive and many Alaskans did join in and try to help up with the cleanup crew and that's the thing i love about this country america we pitch in and we roll up our sleeves and we get what's done uh not far from me in the uh mayfield kentucky area as you know a lot of you there was a massive earth or tornado that hit there about a month ago destroyed pretty much the entire town but i have no doubt i know people in these parts as they say and they will roll up their sleeves and eventually triumph over it you know it's americans that's what we do I remember my time as a small-town mayor. We were hit with a very bad storm right before I got in office that just pretty much also did a great number on the town, and I can recall how well people just rolled up their sleeves and got to work and got it done. Well, that's what Alaskans tried to do, although there was a monumental task ahead of them. But only about 10% of the oil was reported to have gotten cleaned up, and Exxon, of course, they were criticized for their slow response and the loss of wildlife was staggering. In fact, over 100,000 seabirds were believed to be killed. And this also included about 2,800 sea otters, 300 seals, and over 200 bald eagles, which, you know, everybody knows that's our national symbol. And a huge amount of herring and salmon were also killed, killed, dealing a deadly blow to the local economy as fish was crucial to the local economy and industry. I mean, this is something that put a lot of people's jobs and livelihood in danger, really. You know, seafood, fishing is a huge industry in the Prince William area and, you know, pretty much anywhere along there. And this certainly put a death blow to that industry for that time. Now, Exxon denied this would cause any long-term harm, but of course that claim is disputed Exxon was also revealed to have made a quiet yet controversial payout to a group of seafood producers known as the Seattle Seven. Now, a judge later scolded Exxon, stating they should have revealed this transaction so a jury would know how much Exxon would have to pay, because, as was expected, a lot of civil suits rose up from this. And in the case of Exxon versus Baker, a jury awarded million for actual damages and $5 billion for punitive damages. You know, Oftentimes, as we've talked about on this show, the only time that these uh, white-collar criminals and these big-time corporations like this ever get any type of justice at all done against them, it's usually in civil court. Sadly, very little is done in criminal court, and when there is something, it's oftentimes a very light sentence, with the exception of what we've talked about on this show, you know, Stuart Parnell, Bernie Madoff, ones like that. Those are rare examples of when a white-collar criminal actually gets a stiff criminal penalty. Most of the time, if there's any type of penalty wagered against white-collar criminals, it's usually in civil court. And after this judgment, J.P. Morgan, threw a $4.8 billion lifeline in credit, to uh, keep this keep Exxon afloat, you know the big big uh, banks, big companies like that. They look out for each other. They take care of each other. They have each other's backs. Very very hard to bring down, even when they do something wrong like this, which was you know a horrific you know crime and incident that happened. Now after several appeals, this damage was finally lowered down to about two point five billion. And Exxon ended up paying out hundreds of millions in damages to thousands of plaintiffs. You know, a lot of people, as I said, lost work. Their livelihood was threatened. A lot of things, you know, industries were destroyed because of this incident. And again, people, oftentimes their only recourse was to pursue action in civil court. Sadly, oftentimes this is the way people have to go because there isn't justice in the criminal court and it's not always just white collar crime cases like i said about the oj simpson case you know we all know you know anybody had a brain i was in college back when that was going on no doubt about it in my mind 100 he was guilty of killing nicole brown simpson and ronald goldman but the criminal court said a uh, jur- jury said otherwise and the only way their families were able to get any kind of justice was in civil court now i don't know that he ever paid back anything that he owed and I guess there was a little bit of justice, him recently doing time in prison for a while for armed robbery, so to speak. But, you know, overall, he basically got away with murder and civil court was their only uh, only recourse. And that oftentimes is the case. And they paid out dearly, but they were a huge oil company. And I'm sure they were able to eat this cost, especially in light of the four point eight billion dollar lifeline that was thrown to them by J.P. Morgan. So what about the criminal side of this, speaking of that, Captain Joe Hazelwood was initially charged with criminal mischief, reckless endangerment, and piloting a vessel while intoxicated, kind of like, I guess, a DUI on a tanker, and he was cleared of these charges for the most part, but was later found guilty of a misdemeanor charge of negligent discharge of oil. I'm not sure what that crime is, how many states have that on the books, but that's what he was given in this case. So I'm, I'm not sure uh, what his penalty ended up being. This is just what was reported that he ended up getting, probably ended up getting some type of probation, maybe a short jail sentence, if that. And again, oftentimes that is the case when a lot of damage like this is done. Now several witnesses did testify he was not intoxicated at the time of the crash, which is interesting because it was reported that he did have a drinking problem and that Exxon was aware he had a drinking problem. And again, not a good idea to have somebody in charge of a massive tanker like this transporting that much oil. And, you know, not only the environmental dangers of it, but, you know, like I said before, just a little bit ago, the economic impacts of it. and. You know, that's lost oil. That's 11 million gallons of oil that could have been used to heat homes and, uh, you know, fuel vehicles, make whatever products because oil is used in everything just about that we use. So it was a harm to a lot of us probably in a lot of ways we didn't even see at the time. So not a good idea to have somebody drinking and driving like that on the job. But a lot of witnesses testified, at least at the time of the crash, he was not intoxicated. Now, The positive, if there is any that can come from something like this, this did lead to some changes. Congress enacted the Oil Pollution Act of 1990, and this act prohibited any vessel after March 22, 1989, that had caused an oil spill of more than 1 million gallons in any marine area from operating in the Prince William Sound. So at least some legislative action was taken on that. But like so many times we talk about in, on this show, the true damage will really never be known. You know, as I said a little bit ago, only about 10% of the oil got cleaned up. You know, you can only estimate how many herring and salmon and sea otters and, you know, seabirds and all these different types of creatures that died. It can only be estimated how many truly did or were infected by it. And, you know, the economic impact, same way. You don't you don't really know truly how many people had their jobs disrupted or even lost because of something like this happening. And, you know, the sickness or anything like that that can result from the water contaminations, how long that may take to get cleared up. Because, again, it is disputed, but... Studies have shown it was going to take several years and maybe even decades before things could somewhat get back to normal. And now, like I said, a little bit ago, Exxon denied that would be the case. But, you know, of course they will. They are a big corporation and they had to save face here. So the true damage will not ever be known. Some companies, as a result of what happened here, you know, as I said, on the impact with the local economy, they were forced into bankruptcy, actually. And... You know, as far as I know, Exxon Valdez was not, you know. And as far as I know also, J.P. Morgan did not throw a $4.8 billion lifeline to any of these small businesses. And sadly, that's who usually gets crushed in things like this are the small businesses, the working and middle class people. Very rarely are the rich and wealthy impacted by these types of crimes and these types of offenses. And that was the case here, you know. I mean, some were able to recover, but some did not and were forced to go out of business or go into bankruptcy, which is really sad. Now the good news is, if there is also any other good news, it's not believed any real long-term health effects were suffered from the spill or cleanup, which is good because you know, we've talked about the W.R. Grace and Company in Montana where the asbestos probably had the town you know reeling for decades and same will probably end up be said about the Flint, Michigan water crisis we've talked about on here as well. How long that maybe will have taken to get back to normal and what kind of damage it's done because we know people lost their lives in that situation. And at least in this situation, there were not any reported deaths that I recall. But nonetheless, the environmental and economic damage was certainly enough to be suffered. So, will we have anything like that again? Well, you know, like we said just a little bit ago, we had the Deadwater Scandal, which, you know, good movie out there about that on with Mark Wahlberg. We plan to cover that story as well on this show. And uh, speaking of some other upcoming shows, got some uh, football-related ones coming up. Got an episode. Uh, Going to have our good buddy Greg Lynchich come back. Join us where we'll talk about the scandal involving the NFL and the concussion scandal that was brought to light, the, maybe it did lead some to some changes in protocol and the way things are done now, but the question looms, what did the NFL know and when did they know it? We'll be talking about that coming up, and we'll also uh, talk about a uh, former gambler on uh, Ohio State quarterback turned NFL star who developed a gambling problem, some of you have probably seen that on uh, American Greed, they did a show on that, we're going to cover that case as well. And, you know, gambling's a serious problem and can cause somebody to commit a lot of white-collar crimes to have to cover their gambling debts. Certainly was the case in that case that we'll be talking about. And uh, all kinds of other cases coming up. If you have any ideas for any shows that you want us to cover, be sure and let us know. You can check out us on Facebook, White Collar Crimes. You can uh, follow us Also, donate. If you do follow us and you like the show and you want to donate to us, there's a link on the Anchor page where you can. Most importantly, we love having you tune in and support us with your viewership. If, uh, But again, if you do wish to donate, we appreciate it. You can check out anything new happening on my website, ryan-horn.com. Also do voiceover services if you are interested in needing any type of work like that. Uh, Foster work we're always involved in with animals we definitely encourage you to support your local pet shelter uh matter of fact just right before christmas wife and i we were fostering a couple chihuahua puppies and they both got homes and we encourage you to do that and support your local pet shelters because they need you and uh your next best friend might be out there just waiting for you so we got a lot of exciting stuff to come up and you know we encourage you to keep an eye out for each other scams you know stuff. This is the time of year. We just came through Christmas and New Year, but, you know, criminals don't take time off too much, so these crimes are still going to be happening, and it may not be as big as the Exxon Valdez spill, but somewhere out there, somebody's waiting to take advantage of somebody, and it could be just for a few bucks, or it could be for a lot of money to devastate somebody financially and cause them to lose everything you have. They have. You just don't know. But it's important for all of us to look out there for each other, and on this show, we will expose crimes like this. You know, a lot of people have probably forgotten about Exxon. You know, it's been, now that we're in 2022, you're talking 33 years ago. I mean, it's unbelievable for me to imagine it was that long ago, but it was. But, you know, crimes like this don't need to be forgotten, and Deadwater, I'm sure we talk about that. That'll be a little bit more recent memory for a lot of people. I'm sure a lot of you have seen the movie, and that will help as well for to bring back memories. And same thing with the NFL concussion scandal. That's just been in this last decade or so that all this has been brought to light. But, you know, a lot of people in the NFL made money off these guys and they sacrificed their bodies and brains. And NFL knew the harm it was being done, but took no action until they were exposed. Not that they're sorry, but as that was saying, they're sorry they got caught. And Greg and I will be talking about that. So... Again, we want to wish you a happy and prosperous and healthy 2022, and we thank you for joining us into this new year here now. We hope to have a lot of exciting shows. Um, you can also email me if you have any ideas you'd like to have on a show. My email is ryanhornvt at gmail.com. Love to hear any ideas you have on a show, or like I said, message us on Facebook, wherever, and you know, or on Anchor, anywhere you hear us. We certainly do appreciate your support and helping us get the word out there that it's not always just the street hoodlums that are committing crimes. Sometimes it's the very rich and wealthy and powerful and unfortunately all too far too many times the criminal justice system simply fails to take the proper action with them, certainly not on the level that they punish the ordinary street criminals. So, take care everybody. God bless. Look forward to seeing you next week.